Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Hello and welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee or tea table podcast dedicated to talking TTRPGs and character development. We like to frame every episode as a wonderful chat around a table with a hot beverage and a snack. Uh, Our beverage is always a fun little character-driven scene, and then we get to the meat of the matter, our snack. So let's dive in. So for our bewitching beverage uh, this week, I've got a Swedish egg coffee, and it's something I found online, and it's a method of brewing coffee where you put all the coffee grounds in a bowl, and you mash up some egg into that coffee grounds, uh, dump it all into a boiling pot of water, and let it sift itself. It forms a hard shell on the top. Then you turn the heat off and drop some cold water on it. comes down, and my experience has been it is a smooth, lovely roast of coffee. So give it a shot sometime. And for our scene this week that our Swedish egg coffee is representing, we have the scene Rusted Stars. We will introduce our characters. I will be playing Palmer. Palmer is a retired smuggler, an old hand at a dangerous trade, who now runs a semi-legitimate repair and coffee shop on an outer rim moon port. Palmer's shop is a waypoint for mercenaries, traders, bounty hunters, and aspiring pilots to trade stories, barter for gear, and drink terrible coffee. Palmer is in constant conflict over connecting young spacefarers with jobs that could get them off moon, yet could put them right into the same danger Palmer barely escaped. I'm playing Bellamy. Bellamy is a young, ambitious star pilot with dreams of visiting every port and plant they can. Bellamy has constantly badgered Palmer into landing them a long-haul job off Moon and tends to utilise their ineffable charm to manipulate the old smuggler. Fuck you for that, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Peerless. Vaz is an outsider and holds herself apart from most in the port. Coming to Moonside is a necessary evil, as Palmer is known to have the best contacts and connections with bounties. Vaz doesn't like it here, is not liked by the people here, and is ready to settle for the next job that gets her out of here. Beans is Palmer's old co-pilot, a rowdy engineer with a mischievous mind who got both themselves and Palmer into an out of a hundred hairy situations in their long career. Beans never could figure out why Palmer got them out of the game, but as much as they'd love to hop on the next ship heading for parts unknown, they can't leave their best friend. After all, coffee ain't so bad. Port Mistaken sits on an outer rim moon. The atmospheric domes blistered on the surface of an astral backwater most reputable people pass by. Nestled in the alleys of one of these domes is Palmer's shop, where a young pilot is finally getting their wish. I told you, Palmer. I told you it was doable. The right nav box in my cruiser could make the rim to Starlight Bridge running back with plenty of fuel to spare. That wasn't the issue, Belle, and you know it. I've told you a thousand times, and we both know darn well you've heard Bean's stories about him more than that. The rim approach to the Starlight Bridge is prime patrol for pirates. 
Pirates, pirates, pirates. It's always pirates with you, and never a simple point A to B. Palmer, just always because pirates occasionally attack freighters, doesn't mean they're always going after them. You know how much traffic heads to the bridge from here? Oh, I'd watch that tone, youngin. Not quite the way to win the old buzzard over. Don't presume to understand the full scope of what I know, kid. I've seen brighter and faster than you burn up like so much solar dust. Not every trip is a pirate raid, no, but it could be. Okay, well, huh. How about a taxi job? Port side to sunset? Any of those coming down the wire? I just gotta get some credit built. Anything will work. Hello, Palmer. Beans. Strange child. Rude. Oh, hey, Vaz. Thought I heard grumbling around the corner. How long you in for? As long as it takes for me to hand them this manifest. Here you are, Vaz. A passenger list for that luxury liner. Thank you, Palmer. As always, your promptness is appreciated. You're sure of this manifest's veracity? He's on that ship, Vaz. They were only here to refuel on their way to the bridge. Whoa, wait a sec. You're headed to the Starlight Bridge? Well, more specifically, they're chasing down a ship already on its way. Beans, we've spoken before about your penchant for sharing information. You need a ship! I saw you come in. Yours has busted starboard thruster and is getting a new nav system. And how would you know that? I saw you bring it around yesterday. It's in the repair bay now, full of phaser burns and ballistic holes. Don't try to deny it. And why would I deny it? Bellamy here is trying to angle in on your job, Vaz. Don't listen to them. They're, they're inexperienced and their ship's not fast enough for you anyway. Now, now, that's a bit unfair, Palmer. Kid's done a couple of runs. And just got their cruiser up to snuff for the Starlight Bridge run. Beans, shut it. Oh, right. No, no. Beans is right. My cruiser makes that trip no problem. Brand new nav box, quad thrusters, and... How much will you rent it for? What? No. I don't want to rent it to you. I... Fine. How much will you sell it for? Oh, I'd take Vaz up on that offer, Belle. No! You hush! Wait, no. I'm not gonna sell you my cruiser, but I will shuttle you to this luxury liner. I can catch it before the Starlight Bridge, and I won't even charge you that much. Vaz, Vaz, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you didn't take this. Oh, old buddy, I think that comment's passed already. I don't need complications, child. And you seem to come with baggage. Vaz, we all know no one else on this rock will loan you a ship, let alone a seat on one. Kid might be your only shot if you want that bounty. Beans? What, old-timer? We had our run. Can't fault the kid for starting theirs. Can only keep a moonside for so long. Say no for so long. This day was bound to happen. How, how did we get from ferry and cargo and taxi jobs to star jumping a bounty run? You move too slow, Palmer. You've stayed here too long. Can't keep up with how quick the galaxy spins anymore. This is why no one on this moon likes you. Uh-huh, so it's a done deal? We're chasing down a bounty? I'm chasing a bounty. You're my chauffeur. I'll take it. I wouldn't. You already did, Palmer. It's the kid's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Well done. Well done. <laughs>
Rude. Applause. I know you said I was going against type, but you know. (laughs) No, I I love doing these because even when I, you know, do up the script and it looks kind of bare bones to myself and I wonder like, oh, is this even anything? And as soon as you all breathe life into the characters, we we can make it something. (laughs) Well, thank you, team, for that fun scene. So before we dive into our splendid snack, let's get to some introductions. Uh, I'm Hannah. I My pronouns are she, her. And my odd fact for the day, uh, have I shared yet that I collect Maneki Neko? What is uh, it? So oh, uh, Maneki Neko are lucky. Japanese lucky cats. And oh, that's awesome. Throughout my travels, I started to acquire, um, you know, I went to San Francisco, picked one mm. up there, and traveling here and there, um, I just started collecting lucky cats, which cool. uh, now that I have a calico myself is actually incredibly appropriate. Um, I, I keep them with me in my voiceover studio right here where my cats don't get to hang out, so they can't, <laughs> you know, push them off the table and break them. But uh, so I'm actually staring at a little collection of uh, I've got a little mug with a lucky cat on it and one, two, three, four, five um, various sized uh, lucky cat figurines. Awesome. Good stuff. (laughs) Love it. Um, I guess that's me. Hello. My name is Ibrahim. My pronouns are he, him. Um, Fun fact about me. Uh, I don't have many fun facts. Here's what I got on deck. <laughs> I'm looking around the room. Um, I have a bearded dragon. Have I talked about that yet? No, that's what? cool. That's awesome. Way to, way to bury the lead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so fun. Here, There is a fun story. The bearded dragon is not mine. It was never meant to be mine, but it has become mine on account of my brother left the country uh, very suddenly and just like didn't tell anyone and didn't make preparation. Well, okay. I say didn't tell anyone. Did tell everyone except me. I. Except you. Except me. And the bearded dragon is uh, named Jormungandr. He is a a consummate gentleman. He is always just so chill. Really appreciate his lack of desire to escape and his... (laughs) Very oh, yeah. simple uh, care instructions, actually. Perfect. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And uh, hello, my name is Emily Graymore, and my pronouns are she, her. An odd fact about me. Uh, today, I'm going to pick the fact that I have never been to hospital. Oh, I know. Wow. Wow. Watch it tomorrow. It will happen. Now I've said it. Yeah. Why would you put that (laughs) on yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So obviously I've been to like hospital adjacent things for like um, appointments, but I've never Mm. broken a bone or had an accident in any way. Uh, So all my bones are complete. Um, and I dread the day. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know what it's going to. I have happen. all my bones. I have all my bones. Um, tomorrow I'm going to fall down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Knock on. Something. If you don't hear from me in the next episode, you know what? Touch happened. wood. Touch wood. Yes. Touch wood. Find <laughs> wood somewhere in this plaster and. Does bamboo rubber. count? Uh, yeah, no, that counts. Yeah. Bamboo counts. That's wood. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm tapping my bamboo desk. Uh, yeah, that I guess is an odd fact about me. Not as cool as bearded dragons, but 
I think that's pretty cool. Maybe have a guardian angel somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm uh, I'm Nick, and I use he him pronouns. Um, My odd fact this week, uh, I was thinking and realized I I had told my kangaroo story in a previous episode, and then when I thought about that, it unlocked something, and I realized I have been violently attacked by animals in four different countries. Um, Wow. Wait, and sorry, it's what? ironic because I wanted to work with animals when I was a kid. And the but animals don't yeah, want to work uh, with you. Apparently, <laughs> I got uh, attacked by a cockatoo in Indonesia, a kangaroo in Australia, uh, uh, a nest of rattlesnakes in the oh, U.S. Wow. And That's uh, no joke. a dog uh, bit me uh, on the face in Mexico. Uh-huh. So, yeah, as, uh, I'm an international uh, menace to the animal kingdom, apparently. <laughs> Oh, no. Is it just, animals can sense evil, right? I'm the anti-druid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> animals can sense that you have already lost fights to other animals, and they're like, ah, <laughs> easy yeah, win. No, no, no. I, hey, I right. maintained that I kicked that kangaroo's ass. Okay, right, right, right. the kangaroo. Yeah. But, but Nick, how are you going to use that experience as inspiration for a future scene? Mm, the, the 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 man that couldn't be killed <laughs> right i love the idea yeah. of an anti-druid an anti-druid like Ooh. a person who just desperately wants to be a druid and they've done all the training isn't that just a capitalist it. well <laughs> i'm thinking of somebody who like specifically every time they go out into nature the natural world hates them and tries to attack them they're like but i love it so much it's my passion this reminds me of um there's there's a british uh tv program that's old now but it's called the league of gentlemen mm. um okay. and there's one particular character in this who's a vet but they are just cursed unluckiest for any any animal they touch untimely end in some fashion um and it's very very funny and that's just what it reminds me of someone who loves animals but for some reason just nope just isn't working out for them i was thinking of uh elmira from looney tunes yeah always trying to grab her cat and the cat just not having it (laughs) yeah yeah well those are some wonderful icebreaker fun facts um Mm -hmm. but let's get into our discussion uh so we always like to theme our discussion after a snack of sorts and i'm proposing a mini quiche a one bite sort of snack for our topic of one-shot TTRPGs. Uh, So let's discuss one-shot TTRPG sessions, games. Ibrahim, you uh, you recently had an uh, interesting experience with one-shots. Yes, I did. I ran a one-shot or a planned one-shot for uh, the uh, sci-fi anthology actual play I do. Uh, every other Friday on the Nameless Domain Twitch. Uh, Prayers and Static is a lot of fun, and we've had a lot of really cool stories in it. So I wanted to try my hand at running a one-shot, and I was using um, The Company, which is a fantastic game. It's uh, got a really interesting uh, D10 system. But the thing is, one-shots are a lot easier when you're not up against the clock and when you're not live. Um, yeah. the timing and pacing of a one shot is something that I knew would be difficult, but sort of still, uh, despite knowing came up against, um, we did not finish the session. Uh, I had 10 rooms mapped out and we got 
up to room five. So, and the last five rooms aren't actually that like dense with information. It really is like a kind of front heavy dungeon. So that was one of the things I learned. Um, don't have a front heavy dungeon if you want to. Uh... Mm. <sighs> I think the actual problem is if you have a front heavy dungeon, the players are going to spend more time in subsequent rooms because there was more in the earlier rooms. They're going to be looking for more. They're going to be looking harder. They're going to spend more time poking and prodding at things. If I had mm-hmm. given them less to do in the early uh, part of that one shot, they might have actually yeah. breezed through some of the rooms a little bit quicker. Um, and we might have been able to finish, but that's, you know, I learned something from that. Time constraints yeah. are so hard yeah. with one shots. Um, it's, I think, uh, using alternative systems to D&D can sometimes really help. So the simpler the system, the easier it is to manage that time. I mean, sometimes, depending on how hard the or complex the story is for your one shot, that can still be an issue, but... I find if you're using D&D, um, try to avoid combat because <laughs> yeah. it takes so long or at least just have one combat encounter and that's it in your one shot because otherwise that's all you will do. Especially if you've got a large group, um, you'll mm. find that two hours have gone by and you've just finished battling like the first group of bandits um, mm-hmm. and you haven't done anything. Um, so yeah different systems like uh you said you what system did you say you used we were using the company um like it it is a fairly simple system but we still ran into that issue and i think it's just because Mm -hmm. there's this element of mystery there's this element of like almost an escape room um it has the players we had uh, we had the players on an underwater facility on uh enceladus a moon of uh saturn sounds really cool and it was really fun but when you put somebody in a room and you say there's all these clues and then if you tell them the worst thing you can ever do is tell them that they missed something <laughs> or have them come back no. to a room no. and find God, a thing. Yeah. Like if you have Spiders them come back room, to the room, right? you cannot tell them that there was a thing in the room that uh, they didn't see the first time they were there because then their mm. mind goes, oh, I need to poke and prod every panel. Everything yeah. is suspect. And then we enter that death spiral of, okay, we're not getting out of here on time. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox achievements might have really hurt us in a TTRPG Mm -hmm. sphere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I, um, I, you know, the, the way you mentioned that with, uh, the, the the time constraints and how, how difficult it was for you as a GM, I kind of put one shots into like three categories of, it, it can be an introduction to TTRPGs mm-hmm. and it's, it's how I've used them in my little business running TTRPGs for kids is the one shots, a great introduction and see if they like it before signing up for a big campaign. Mm-hmm. It can be, I think in the TTRPG sphere of people we know and players, we know it's like a way to get a fun experiment with a new system or try a new character and test it out. Or third, yeah. as you experience, it can be a, a sharpening of game master skills um, like, yeah. ooh, can I get this really cool and engaging and entertaining uh, little vi- vignette of TTRPG? Can mm-hmm. I do this and still manage all these players like herding cats? Oh, yeah. In terms, what occurs to me in terms of pacing, and uh, this is actually something that I'm pulling from my real world job, uh, less so than uh, TTRPGs, since, you know, I'm shame shame i'm i'm the one that still hasn't been a gm yet but uh 
in in my my day job uh, giving sightseeing tours, one of the important things I have to think about is how to expand and contract. I'm constantly you know, worrying about pacing. I'm constantly figuring out pacing for, for my narration. And it strikes, seems to me that you have to do the same thing with this. So you have to strategize with your planning of what are the points and activities and things that you have to hit? What are your most important things? Mm-hmm. And I would has- hesitate to say you you should have one the two maybe three points that have to happen. What's your opening beat? What's maybe your middle beat? And what's your closing beat or your climactic beat? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the fluff around that needs to be stuff that you don't necessarily need to put in, and especially for the things that you fluff in later in the game. What can you pull out without ruining the story? Um, And then also maybe prepare a couple other things that you can wedge in at any point if things are, you know, if because you have two potential problems, right? Your players might speed through everything and you're suddenly at the last part of, say you're doing a dungeon crawl, you're in the last room of the dungeon and it's only even half an hour. Unlikely, but definitely can happen. Mm-hmm. But the more likely occurrence is your players will hinge on one thing that mm. you didn't expect, and they'll suddenly spend an hour in one room that you thought was going to take five minutes. Right. Uh, so you have to really build in space to expand and contract throughout the session. If you have a hard stop, I would also make the argument that if you don't have a hard stop, like if you are, for example, doing a streaming thing or you have a group that it's really hard to schedule together or if you're um, doing this for hire and people really aren't going to be able to come back and you know you don't want to have to make them pay more money to get the part two, um, always be, you know, if the circumstances allow, be open to a part two. You know, yeah. I've played so many one shots that end up being two shots mm-hmm. and we end up having, you know, just as much fun being able to to finish them. Um, but I know that's not necessarily always a possibility. 100%. Yeah, that's fair. In our case, we yeah. did decide to split it up into a two shot. We're just going to finish it. Hey. It's going to be weird because we have another game in between that we're playing now. So this is going to end up, the end of this two shot is going to be our like last episode before Christmas break. Um, nice. so that's, that's going cute. to be, nice you know, to end nice. on. I didn't know that was going to be our slot, but Hey, it works. I'll throw some, it makes sense. There's snow on here. I'll have snow <laughs> across the player's <laughs> view as they escape. Nice Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah for, like, for my home game, for I'm, effect, right? I'm exactly. currently in between two parts of a two shot right now with my home game. And, and we're sort of going back to our main storyline. Cause our, uh, one shot game master is not available right now. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think uh, I think the idea of like a one shot um, eventually turning into a campaign is such a beautiful thing because it's like, oh, yes. this idea landed and everyone wants to keep exploring it. That's yes. really cool. I think I think that's an ultimate mark of success if yeah. your players either say like, you know what, perfect ending, perfect experience. Let's let's leave it there. I love having this as a little chapter that I got to do, mm-hmm. or your players saying. I love this so much. Is there any way we can continue this story? Like right. that's, that'd be so character. rewarding. Yeah. yeah. 
that's that's a goal of mine when I start GMing is to come up with a one shot concept just to sort of test the waters and get my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And then if it goes well, have ideas of how I can expand it and take it past chapter one. That's good. Yeah. Um, on the time constraints thing, um, I have seen and practiced doing um, literal time constraints on one shots. So um, in the premise of the story, your team has four hours to complete this task. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so like every however many minutes you want to do it, whether it's every half an hour or every hour, probably kind of getting closer as you get to the end, um, just saying, by the way, you have three hours left. And that kind of like nice. makes yeah. them hurry. Um, and then you can kind of keep it very simple. It's real time. Um, and especially if it's role play heavy. And there's not as much sort of like, um, or you have a uh, a system that the combat is very light and very easy and very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it works really, really well. Uh, and it gives them also that little pressure. So if you've got that sort of like the bomb will go off in four hours, like you've got to find it and diffuse it sort of thing. Um, nice. It kind of gives that extra kind of like focus and pressure, so, <laughs> which yeah. is very good. Yeah. And Emily, you'd, you'd commented something earlier about... Um, pacing in terms of uh combat for more mm. combat heavy systems like for example D mm-hmm. uh with larger tables is definitely yes. something to be considered um mm-hmm. you know i think that's that's possibly a, a topic for itself on another day but uh number of people at the table will have a drastic impact yeah, for sure on how things go in a a lot of different ways and that's something that when you're planning how to pace out a game you really need to take into consideration Mm -hmm. uh, especially in a system like D&D where it is a fairly lengthy combat situation um you know it's it's going to be very very different if you have three players your combat's going to move a Mm -hmm. lot quicker than Mm -hmm. if you have say seven yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think I'd want seven players in a one shot. I don't think you'd get any. Yeah. <laughs> seven for yeah. a one shot. <laughs> It'd be a lot. You, everyone lot. gets one scene. You are allowed to talk <laughs> once, and then I need you to just not know. So you can go home after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, I've seen, and I feel like uh, different mechanics of TTRPGs can be well. Well, eventually you know, be their own episodes on here at Delightful Dungeon Diving, but <laughs> combat. Uh, which certainly could be expanded. There's a lot to say on how different systems handle it. But in a one-shot, I've seen a system work really well where everything about a TTRPG and the system was still in place. But then with combat, it kind of took all the reins off of it and said, hey, once we get to this, let's just talk like role play as if we're in the situation mm-hmm. and people are like, well, I grabbed the guy. Okay. Well, I'm punching. Okay. Well, you're trying to punch, but he's putting his hand up. And so everyone was just kind of free flowing and cool. it worked really well. And I know dungeons and daddies have had moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get hung up on initiative because initiative is such a cool system for if you like the tactical side and you are right. parsing out your abilities and can y'all help me? What's the, what's the term for, um, Action dash action. Um, oh. Action economy. Action, action economy. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah, action yeah. economy. That is a really cool system. But if you're more narrative or you just want to get through yeah. that part, yeah. open it up and just let people go wild and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. see see what happens there. Everyone's just rolling at the same time. It just gets chaotic. And for a one shot, mm-hmm. tends to work really well. I actually, <laughs> yeah. I have 
a thing. It is so funny. This is so relevant. But there is a system for accelerated <laughs> combat in 5e created Ooh. by the amazing uh, Connie Chang. Um, Connie's system for accelerated combat for D&D 5e has the players roll initiative, make a fight and a wound roll, and then narrate their fight and wound rolls in order. And that's nice. it's a very cinematic approach. It's very quick. I like the that. fight and wound rolls sort of determine like how well you do in combat, whether or not you're going to be like, you know, slicing and dicing, or whether you like trip and fall and like hurt yourself. Um, and then the wound <laughs> roll is actually like, okay, you tripped and fell. How bad did that hurt? What actually happened? And it gives you this idea mm -hmm. of like contextually, how well are you doing damage and how much damage are you taking in turn? And all the players get a, a hand on the ball narratively. And it is That's so cool. quick. It's designed sure. for like random encounters when traveling, but using oh, okay. this for like any, like, especially in a one shot, you could mm -hmm. take a, what might be a 30, 40 minute combat uh, and turn it into a, 10 to 12 minute cinematic event and then yeah off we go to the next thing off we go That's and so we're good. everyone yeah. feels good everyone feels cool that oh, that yeah. definitely sounds really fun for a one shot and like the, the thing that i the, the, at least with my group what we try to do with one shots is like we try to pull out all the, all the stops and do the crazy things that might have consequences for a longer term campaign yeah. That how can we just sort of throw everything at the wall and be ridiculous and have fun um, without consequences? Because at the end of the night, we're going to, you know, say goodnight to these characters and not come back to them uh, mm -hmm. necessarily. Right. Yeah, that's true. Or it's not right, part of a continuity. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the really fun things I love with one shots is... Like, we recently did one that was, like, a high-level one-shot. Let's all play super high-level characters nice. and be ridiculous. And we do a lot more yes-anding, um, which I think is something that, that players and, and people who of TTRPGs could, you know, enjoy a lot if they let themselves go and do that more in general. But mm -hmm. if you're worried about the long-term consequences to your precious little character that you don't mm -hmm. want anything to be something you're stuck with for the rest of a long campaign a one shot is a fun way to test those waters and just yeah. sort of i like that quite throw bit. everything yeah. at the wall and be ridiculous drive your on one shot characters side. oh yes on the flip side i was thinking like you could also use it as an opportunity to in involve um long-term consequences in your persistent campaign world like as a GM, if you really want to shake things up and you're getting a little static on your ideas for your world, pick a pick a corner of the world that you're not super attached to and then run run a one shot with high powered characters. Whatever happens, happens to that town, village, and you know, you get your regular characters back in and they walk yeah. into a town burnt to a crisp and green oh, and purple fire. I and love that like, idea. What the hell happened yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. I love that idea. Yeah. I saw a really cool thing on a um on a uh, streamed uh, actual play that I, I was watching a little while back, they've kind of paused for now, but they, when there wasn't a cast member available or someone couldn't be there for the stream, what they would do is a one shot that was a flashback in one of the mm -hmm. other characters' lives. Ooh, um, so the, the one character would play themselves previously and then the others would be 
new characters around them that were people they knew in some fashion mm-hmm. and it would tell a story of something that happened to them before um and I really really like that idea just like a bit fresh like the other character the other players can have fun and be like not NPCs but you know kind of like minor characters in something that's uh can be really telling in yeah. in another yeah. character thing and they did yeah. it for each one of them which was really nice um yeah that was really really cool I really enjoyed that's that that's a something I've noticed Something I've noticed with 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 TTRPGs is even this idea we're talking about with one shots um, having this this temporary character that you can kind of play around with and experiment with. I, but the campaigns I run for kids are six weeks at a time because that's typical mm-hmm. in in the U.S. public education system. Six weeks is typical for a grading period, mm-hmm. and so okay. I knew a lot of these kids would be used to that time period, mm-hmm. and it's easy for me to plan out a campaign kind of like a one shot. I plan. the the beginning and end where it needs to get to. Uh, But I've had, I've had one kid who's played multiple campaigns with me and he always wants to try out a new character Mm -hmm. and he'll play ridiculous character concepts. But man, if that kid doesn't get me emotionally attached to every one of these little fuckers, right. I'm like, every time the campaign ends, I'm I'm like, no, no, no. I want to see what happens. Like we we just redeemed (laughs) literally like redeemed this fallen god of green polyester lampshades i want to know what happened to that guy his name was poly lester so like oh, i want to know what happened. i need to know so what happened one shots, one shots are great for characters yeah i'm gonna have to do a video on poly lester the world needs to know what is it about like minor gods of like really ridiculous things i just find so appealing <laughs> i just i love it like the god of nail clippers or something. I have exactly. no idea, but I love it so much. And one it. shots give you an opportunity to explore a character like that because it's almost like a safety net. Like, okay, I don't have to play this ridiculous character for 10 years if this doesn't right. pan out. Right. I, I yeah, a one time yeah. deal. Let's see if there's any depth to this. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. That's very good. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm now got ideas for characters. One yeah. shots encourage people to like be take so many more risks than you do in a yes. long-term mm-hmm. campaign mm-hmm. and i think it's really thrilling and sort of like eye-opening to drive these one-shot characters like you stole them like just take big yes. risks <laughs> like take a huge swing and maybe you miss but you know the consequences are fairly small you lose this character mm-hmm. that you've been playing for two three hours and yeah, you had a good time yeah. and you or, carry that or over. you don't even you don't even need to create new characters. You can also take your normal tables worth of characters and pull them into an off-canon sort of, um, you know, situation and play existing characters. Because I know for me, sometimes I get overwhelmed by creating new characters. Uh, mm-hmm. So you definitely don't need to think about necessarily creating a new character every time you do a one-shot. You can have the same kind of, you know, be a little bit more risky and use something that's out of the normal canon of your adventure and still play an existing character that you're familiar with and maybe try some of their features that you don't go with as much either. Right, right. Um, uh-huh. So uh, there, there are definitely, house. yeah, right. yeah, there are definitely other opportunities that don't necessarily revolve around, oh my gosh, I've got to create another character. Mm-hmm. Um and, and there's also, I'm sort of toying with the idea of coming up with a stock one-shot character that, you know, unless something <laughs> calls for something good. specifically, just always pulling out the same character. Uh, yeah. So there, you know, there are all sorts of other ideas for that, too. I like that idea of, like, a veteran that's just like, oh, not again. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you, you can, you can, that can be your stock character that That's you personally choose to You've use. You've got Buster Scruggs showing up in every one shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. Here we go again. You know, we're talking about um, the idea of uh, it, it, like flexing skills for players in one shots, like trying out different characters and things. There's also the idea of, of testing out different um, themes and aspects of TTRPGs. I, I got to play in a one shot uh, GM'd by the wonderful Patrick Perini, PC Perini um, from Unbalanced Encounters Rally podcast, which if you're not listening to, I want to throw stuff at you. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was a really cool one shot. And beyond the concept and everything else, I, I could tell from the way Patrick laid it out, I could tell what he was going for. And we still had plenty of room to have funny things happen in the one shot of just interesting things as well. But there, you know, for instance, every character was given uh, an item and there was a suggested item for my character. And I realized, Oh, I think I know where Patrick wants this story to go. And this will be a really fun experience. And there's this dynamic in TTRPGs of metagaming with your GM kind of allowing for this cinematic moment to happen. You know, it's coming and, the purpose of TTRPGs and GMing is not always to surprise your players and it's not mm-hmm. always to come up with a, yeah. a, a wholly original concept. Sometimes it's, hey, I think you get what we're going for here. And being a good player means helping your GM get to that moment so everyone else can enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. So one shots are great for flexing on that and, and trying mm-hmm. to um, not perfect, but really sharpen your skills in that regard and give players an opportunity to, to have a back and forth with you as well. Yeah. I think it's uh, really important to remember that the GMs are playing too um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they want to play this game with the players as much as the players want to play. Um, yep. And so having that dynamic and that open sort of like communication, like, hey, let's make this badass together, yeah. right? Let's like, I'm, I'm going to give you this thing and just so you know, it's it's going to be cool if you use it at some point and you'll know when <laughs> to use it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a really nice, nice thing to do. Um, and yeah. I think it's like we we're saying, like one shots are great for players to practice and play new things and experience new things. And as well for GMs and DMs, uh, it's great to practice and play. And it's a little bit less daunting for new GMs um, for testing the waters uh than like a whole campaign uh so it's like hey i'm yeah. just gonna do this thing i see how it goes and if i'm not too terrified by the experience i might do something else <laughs> um yeah mm-hmm. I think it's good but i would i would definitely say and again me the one who hasn't actually gm'd yet but uh something i intend for is uh doing a, a one shot with very little gming experience give yourself a lot of extra time Mm-hmm. for the game don't don't do it in a, a closed amount of time with a hard out yeah. yeah give yourself like a good afternoon when everyone's available for like several hours and only plan for it to be like three hours but be ready for it to take longer yes I, sure. I think that's great <laughs> it's like add 50 percent at least yes. after the time yeah. Another mark of success is when your players just want to keep playing and don't want the session to end yeah uh, that's true and I, you know it, I think there's just a great example of it. Um, uh, when, whenever Critical Role is streaming their games, you can tell that these are all people who have jobs, are very, very busy, have families, have mm-hmm. things waiting, and they're playing at night on a Thursday, everyone trying to get through traffic to get there. 
And no matter how the each episode starts, by the end of each episode, they're all furious that the episode has ended and they want to keep going. And it's like two in the morning. So that that's that's like the example of getting with one shots hooking people in. And two with a one shot, you know, you might hook people into your GMing style and yeah. people get to try out new GMs. You know, mm-hmm. I would love to do another game run by Patrick. Uh, that that style was really great and, and appealed to me. Uh, but for someone else, they might think, oh, no, it's nice. I tried this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to go to something else now, you know? So, yeah, one shots are just great for experimentation. <laughs> yeah. I will say as well, for the, for the GMs out there and the time limits, I just <laughs> – don't be afraid to just end it. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, yeah, and dun-dun-dun, find out if you want to find out if you want a part two. Uh, depends if you've been good. <laughs> Right. Uh, we'll see what yeah. happens to your characters. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, leave also, it on a cliffhanger. Fuck it. Don't be ashamed to just be transparent. Yeah. I think this, this is good advice for GMing in general, but don't be f- afraid to be transparent. Um, and, you know, check in with your players and say, like, hey, like, is is this, are you guys all still good? Or I noticed you guys look like you're, you're tired. I know we haven't finished yet. <laughs> yes. I know we, like, we, we might not finish if we stop now, but. I feel like everyone needs to go to bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, not every gaming session, one shot or campaign or otherwise, not every gaming session is going to end on, on a high note, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you just have to accept that and yeah. be like, okay, the one shot, like we, it, it either finished on terms we weren't expecting and weren't really looking forward to, or it didn't finish. And that's Okay. You know, we can get together and, and play again, and it might not be this story, but we all had some fun. We all learned something, mm-hmm. and we can take that to the next game we play together. 100%. Exactly, and, and I think a um, little tool that I'm going to coin is the mini mm-hmm. shot. And if you, <laughs> yeah. for, for instance, in my campaigns with kids, uh, when we get to the fifth or sixth session, usually the fifth session, I will start talking to the kids and ask, Hey, you know, do y'all plan on taking another campaign with me? It's totally fine if not, because, you know, this costs money, mm-hmm. costs your parents money, and it's time and scheduling. But I just want to know so I can plan a little bit for where we might end this campaign, depending on what y'all do. And, you know, for, for me, it's often, okay, do I need to cram everything into this last session because mm-hmm. they, I'm not going to see these kids again? Or do we get to continue and it doesn't matter where we end today? On the other side of that, too, is if we're finishing a campaign, I know the kids are coming back for another six weeks, but this chapter, they've actually finished it. And we're going to go, we're, we're going to finish before time's over. But I want to give them a good ending and like, yeah. let's leave this on a good note. We still got 30 minutes. Well, a one shot or a mini shot is a great way to use that extra time. You know, if you and your players have closed out a major part of your campaign, you're taking a break and you're going to come back. Mm-hmm. You can use a one shot and, and something like uh, Emily mentioned, exploring a character's backstory, um, mm-hmm. do a dream sequence or something and change yeah. up the rules, make it kind of interesting. Oh my God, yeah. That way you can preserve your story where it needs to be, but you can continue playing because um, mm-hmm. one shots in time go hand in hand and you yeah. can go over or under you know, always need something in your back pocket for that. So try the mini shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TM. Yeah, TM. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Love it. Get down that paint office. <laughs> Thousand percent. Very good. Yeah. 
No, I, I love a one shot um, and I love using it to explore new systems that I've never explored before. I think there are some fantastic systems that are dedicated to like or just like perfect for one shots. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so many like mini TTRPGs, like one page TTRPGs, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think they're called like micro RPGs. Um, which you don't need more than a page of rules and they're just so quick and easy to pick up and you can just play around. There are one player ones. You can just like have fun by yourself um, and just, yeah, there's just so many things you can do with it and you don't have to have it a long winded campaign um, and don't be afraid if they don't finish. I've GM'd a couple that I never got to finish. I mean, I'm sad that I never got to finish them, but you know it is what it is um i still value the experience from it so exactly one shots are, are are perfect for um you know for for adults our age and and older uh, one shots are a perfect thing for a game night with friends and mm-hmm. you know especially if you're if you're in a situation you're on a trip or you have people visiting maybe you don't yep. have a board game at hand or maybe you don't have one that everyone really wants to play feels like playing well you can try out a one shot and because there's no attachment to the characters, you don't have to spend two hours building characters. You can just jump into a fun situation. Yeah. And as we discussed in play styles and uh, types of games, you could do any a one shot of any flavor, a sci-fi adventure like we mm-hmm. just did with mostly social interaction. You could do a murder mystery one shot, yeah, you know, all sorts good. of things make for a great game night because it's just one and done. Yeah, and, and I mean, if the GM is, is comfortable doing so and it's something that requires some a bit of character creation, you can always do pre-gen characters yeah. mm-hmm. um, or offer pre-gen characters, uh, for example. I mean, I'm now thinking about like playing at conventions, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Usually by necessity end up having to be self-contained stories um, and usually have a bit of a time limit. Um, I know I was lucky enough to go to Gen Con this past year and, uh, my husband and I played a, uh, critical role themed one shot, um, in, in the tell, it was the, the siege of Amon, okay, nice. uh, one shot. And we showed up to the table with some existing characters, but we also, when we got there, the GM was like, I have pre-gen characters if you want them. Um, and you know, if not, let me know what you're playing. Uh, and he made sure that he created characters of types that, you know, that were like, he needed a rogue for that particular game. I happened to play a rogue, so he didn't need to shove that one in anybody's face, but, um, (laughs) he, you know, we had, I think two people ended up playing pre-gen and the other three of us had characters we brought with us. Um, and uh, we went a little bit over our, our time slot, but we were all happy with that. We were all fine with that. Uh, but definitely, if, if you are going to go to a convention and do any gaming, expect for that to be uh, a one-shot or self-contained kind of story. Because generally speaking, you, you don't have the opportunity to come back because you're just there at one, you know, yeah. all in the same yeah. space meeting for the first time. Um but uh, it was a very fun experience. I now love the idea of just having a character with me at all times, just in case yeah. <laughs> someone's like yes. one shot. And I'm like, yes, slap the character sheet down on the table. I am ready. Yes, I have, I like I've been idea. waiting for this day. Index um, card with stats on it. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, whoosh, instead of just pull it, pull it from like a little like pendant and just yeah. scrap the paper right. and come out. <laughs> you have to like, unlock don't, it. Don't yeah. worry about it. I've had this forever. <laughs> or like the more systems you get familiar with, redo the character for each system you're you're expecting yeah. to play, yes. and yes. have a little mini binder of like this character. <laughs> little like, here they are in Pathfinder. Here they are in Five E. Here they are in Seventh C. You know the same yeah. general yeah. character type. I love it. We, we, I, I really want to see now Wolverine in The Quiet Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ibrahim's yes. favorite system. I yes. want to see Wolverine show up in The Quiet Life. Yeah. Let's have Wolverine <laughs> be the pastor. Let's have Wolverine <laughs> be managing this small cloister of nuns in some small European town. And let's just see what's Wolverine up to. Yeah. Love that. I would pay to see that. I think that would be great. I would, and I would, that, would be that would be amazing. It popped in my head another perfect opportunity for for one shots is uh, if you're on if you're stuck in a car with a bunch of people on a road trip you got a long road trip play oh, one yeah. shot in the car you know um, you can have someone using digital dice roller for everyone off off the phone and uh, yeah. you can just be telling a story together you yeah know? theater of the mind everything I love mm-hmm. that That's yeah if idea. any of my friends are, are are finally listening to the podcast after I've browbeat you with every known object <laughs> um, please what I'm trying desperately to tell you is I, I want you to play D&D with me please mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> please someone and now, now they're all going to know if we're going on a road trip they're not oh, man they're not going to get trapped with me man I screwed myself on this dang all right nick all right right. if you were to run a one shot for your friends and family who you're desperately trying to run one for (laughs) what would it be okay okay i have so um okay if i was trying to get people into ttrpgs um i think i'd probably go with something like a simple whodunit murder Mm -hmm. mystery Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Cluedo. If I was trying to get people into a one shot, I think that's what I do because then then we get a lot of the social role play aspect, as well as going to different locations mm-hmm. and then possibly a conflict or combat scenario when you confront, you know, Scooby Doo style confront the villain. Yeah. Oh shit, Scooby Doo. Yeah, there we go. That's my one shot. I have one. Um, I have one that I've I've wanted to come up with. Uh, the this is very specific to to my friend social circle. Um, the main table that I play with, um, I'm the token girl, and uh, <laughs> almost everyone else, at least all of my other local friends that I play with. There's there's a couple of guys that that play that are um, skyping in from uh, out of state, but mm-hmm. all of my local friends that I play with this one original table that I got started with, um, they all have wives and girlfriends who don't really play D and D. Some mm-hmm. have a passing interest mm-hmm. in it. Um, and I, it was sort of floated the idea that one of them, the only reason you could ever get her to play a TTRPG would be if it was Disney themed. <gasps> and, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I obviously adore all of their spouses who I play with. Um, and, you know, but I also want to get to know these ladies mm. whose spouses I are my best friends. And I kind of want to write a Disney-themed yes. one-shot in D&D and 5e for these women that I want to get to know more. Yeah. Um, to try to, you know, get them to come over to my house and, like, let's play together. And I know you'll probably never continue playing with this except maybe one of them. Uh, 
but like, you know, come play with me because I always spend time with your spouses and I want to spend time with you too. Uh, and I'll awesome. make it Disney themed. Now <laughs> I'm just thinking of like what classes each Disney princess would be. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got like Cinderella is obviously a warlock, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they're, yeah. Jasmine could be a ranger. Okay, I have a new TikTok uh, series that I need to make. (laughs) Oh, uh, Sleeping Um, Sleeping Beauty. uh, Wait, is Sleeping Beauty, her her name's not Ariel, too, right? Aurora. 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 She would be, uh, she'd have to be the druid with the animal companions. Yeah. Unless Snow White also. Oh, Snow White, yeah. uh, But then she's got the dwarves. I don't know what that would be. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, I thought so, we decided this. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So my, no, that's, my, a, that's a great one shot idea. My themed one shot idea is coming up with some sort of Disney themed. I love it. Uh, thing. I, I have some some ideas floating around in the back of my head, but I've never solidified them into anything. And it's Do it's it. it may end up being my first time GMing. Who knows? I'll probably have something else before that. Uh, but that's my idea for a one shot. And the good uh, thing about newbies is they don't even know if you're doing anything wrong because they yeah. have no idea. That's See? another reason why I kind of yeah. want that to be my first <laughs> time. Slight them into thinking they're the problem. It's like <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's played, obviously. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Emily, you got an idea for a one shot? So um, <laughs> I've had so many different ideas uh, for one shots over the. Uh, over the years but the one at the moment that i'm most excited about is doing a christmas one um because it's i like christmas uh but it's very um nutcracker prince-esque so each player would be a different toy under the tree at midnight um and they would have until sunrise um to basically retrieve a stolen item um that has been taken by the rats um and uh, get it ah. back in before the kids wake up uh, in the morning so i think that would be a really cute, cute that thing is to awesome do. yeah it, you're yeah. setting this up just because you want to play the rat king i mean maybe <laughs> <laughs> am i that obvious <laughs> i'm just imagining like ratigan you know um yes and just sort of like tying someone to some train like a toy train track you know, so and they have to <laughs> before the that train comes. It would be so good. So yeah, that would be that would be my idea for a one shot. I would like that a lot. Ibrahim, you got one. Um. Okay. So I was looking for the name of a system actually because I did have one, but I couldn't find it. So I'm gonna make a new one. Um. <laughs> So, well, I, I guess I could just say it. I, I don't have to plug yeah. the system. Um, what I think would be a good, uh, fun one-shot idea. Um, if you have players in a fantasy setting, players that have been doing epic adventures or like saving the kingdom, playing a one-shot with those characters at a festival and just having mm-hmm. them taking a That's rest cool. day and having Sounds that fun. be a little mm-hmm. episode that takes place between two story arcs and just beach episode yeah beach episode just have them take oh, yeah. a day or a couple of days and just like filler yeah the the, the, <laughs> the circus is in town there's a big festival in the city just let them all get a break um still providing them with challenges in the form of like oh mm-hmm. you're gonna enter the strength contest you're gonna wrestle you're gonna race you're gonna that's fun you're gonna do an eating contest um <laughs> whatever like it is just like have everyone go to the state fair 
and that would be a nice yeah. one shot and you know maybe not everyone's there maybe somebody couldn't make it and that's why you decide to do it mm-hmm. um and it could just be oh, oh they're doing work work they don't believe in taking a break <laughs> we're gonna go yeah. have a vacation without them the wizard is like reading that. the wizard is <laughs> studying something i don't right. know <laughs> whatever boring let's go shoot some ducks ding, ding, i like ding. this i like this um i had a couple other one shot ideas here um little off the beaten path this one may have been you know this sort of thing has been explored i think in in subversive shows before but a day in the life of the big bad evil guy's staff oh yes so like everyone playing someone like like your whole the whole concern for you over the entire four-hour one shot is like how do you clean this dude's toilet and like the, do you I die at the it. end you know um do you die it was that bad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah i thought that could be fun That's um fun. i actually saw a really good uh on tiktok the other day um uh video about a an rpg i think it's just called skeletons Ooh. um and you're basically the skeletons inside the dungeon um, <laughs> yes, and awesome. I, I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." But the way it's um, sort of like laid out is, you're only awake when someone and en- like disturbs the tomb, like when someone comes into the tomb. Right. And there are periods of time, like once you've dealt with that, then there's just darkness, so you don't remember anything in between that time. You're kind of like asleep, okay. um, and it's like what happens in that time, and then eons later. Uh, when you then awake again when someone else enters the dungeon and what's changed and you know what you remember and things like it's really cool so it's got a really nice kind of like story through as well um i think it's called skeletons yes but i thought that was really cool that'd be a really fun one shot um yeah but i like that sort of being the quote unquote bad guy yeah right (laughs) (laughs) like flipping the tables um and uh, I, it reminds me of a, another idea. I see, I've got so many fucking ideas that I'll never actually play. Um, but doing a GM sort of quandary. <laughs> all right, um, like a PvP, have like oh, two yeah. people as the mm-hmm. dragons and two people as like the party, and then them kind of like you know fighting over the treasure and just seeing what would happen with that. Oh, it would be yeah. a whole a whole thing to try and balance. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how I would do that. Um but I mean you, but I you have a situation fun. where the GM becomes more of a referee. Right. Than, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And manipulating know, which, the actual area yeah. rather than the yeah. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. the other one shot idea that my friends tend to gravitate toward, I know I've mentioned it before, is the pun shot. Yeah. Yeah. Would you know? It's all the characters are their names are puns, and the you know the NPCs and the concepts of everything involved. It's just one pun after another. Um, and if you get something really, someone really, really clever, you can really have some fun stuff go down. The spam a lot of TTRPGs. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> now I want to play the Codfather, and the just be like a fish father. person. Okay, yeah. Italy, my my first my mind first went to cod piece. So the cod father, father. Like, oh, this is this is gonna be a Randy one shot. You know, yeah. <laughs> There's something to that. You could have like the salmon cannon, the thing they use to right. like throw salmon. I don't know why we have salmon cannons. Like I know why. 
but surely that can't be the best way to do it. Anyways, I know it's like one at a time, just like putting them through a tube. That's the story. That's yeah. our that's our hook. You hush, Ibrahim. We live in a world where the same. All right, we're in the right timeline. Right. No. Yeah. It, yeah. It's there's a new salmon cannon in town. Hey, what's going on here? Well, I, I, thinking about that, like the idea of playing as as the tool itself. Uh, yes. it, it kind of inspired by um, uh, shoot his name uh, not James Jason Marsden um, he he voiced uh, Max Goof in a Goofy movie yes. but he also voiced one of my favorite characters of all time Lil Lacor which is a sentient sword in the game Baldur's Gate and oh. it's a sentient sword that speaks kind of like a, a surfer dude and it becomes apparent to you when you have the sword that it probably got its previous master killed. And so a one-shot idea, I don't know how mechanically this would work, but playing as the weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd and be- you'd have like the drama between the weapons and like, you know, shit talking each other when one gets unsheathed <laughs> to get used and the other one doesn't. Or, so it could be could be interesting. What if spinning off of that idea? What if you had a game where half of the players are the adventurers and then the other half of the players are playing sentient weapons that are trying to influence them? Yes, that would be good. (laughs) That would be very fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. yes. So you you, you can see uh, one shots are such a cauldron of ideas. um, Possibilities are endless. It's so fun to, to throw these into your game and shake things up a little bit and take it, you know, take take bits and pieces from them. And again, a whole campaign could spring from these things. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully we've uh, hopefully we've given you plenty to think about with one shots today. Um, y'all ready for outros? Yeah. 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 Before, yeah. before I, I could wax lyrical about this for fucking ages. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Our world building episode is going to be four hours long. So. <laughs> for sure. An episode in Absolutely. four parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, again, uh, thank you all for joining us this week. I am Nick. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Delightful Dungeon Diving, on Instagram at Bearded Plaisance, and on outschool.com for parents out there if you happen to be listening and you want your kids to play through a game with me uh outschool.com you can find me at nick dash plaisance uh p-l-a-i-s-a-n-c-e which is something i've been doing my whole life uh (laughs) i'll kick it over to emily hello and goodbye uh i am emily graymore and you can find me at emily graymore on tiktok uh graymore with an e on the end for anyone who uh, needs to know that because I like to spell it funny. Um, and if you like my voices here, then check it out on TikTok and also check me out on unbalancedencounters.com uh, where you can see me in my other podcasts too. I'm Hannah. Uh, I can be found on TikTok at critical underscore stitch. And uh, I've got my link tree linked therein. Uh, that's where you can find me on pretty much anywhere else but mainly i'm just active mostly on tiktok these days and uh ibrahim yes uh my name is ibrahim you can find me uh everywhere on the internet that matters at cosmic underscore eeb that is eeb spelled i b e um you can catch me every other friday on the nameless domain channel uh playing uh or playing whatever we're playing currently we are playing um (laughs) What's the, oh God, I don't even remember the subtitle of this. We're playing Technoir, 
uh, and we are exploring Alamo City and trying to solve a missing persons case. It's been a blast. We've got uh, uh, we've got a couple leads. <laughs> we're actually kind of at a standstill in the mystery <laughs> where it's like, okay, do we just go for it? Anyways, it's going to be a blast. Always just go. For Always it. just go for it. <laughs> Always full send it and just go straight to the person you think is doing the thing. Um, I'm right. But yeah, no, it's going to be a blast. Uh, you can also catch me over there. Uh, oh, I should say, uh, next week we are doing a charity Pokemon tournament, uh, Saturday, November 19th, over on the Nameless Domain Twitch. Um, it is going to be a really fun time with a lot of funds going to a really cool event, and we hope to see you there. Um, it's, uh, I said, really cool event. This uh, Saturday, November 19th, uh, over on the Nameless Domain Twitch, we are doing the Pokemon Showdown Tournament, uh, sponsored by a lot of cool people with funds going to various uh, organizations, helping a lot of people out. Uh, we hope to see you over there for the tournament. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We've got several really cool matches, and it's just, I'm so glad to be a part of this and to be part of the channel that's hosting this awesome charity event um we really hope to see you there um but yeah that's it for me amazing well one final thought for everyone for all of you aspiring game masters or dungeon masters out there who've been listening okay. to us talk about one shots and all the million of ideas if you are feeling a little overwhelmed with this um one of the things we wanted you to take from this was that one shots are a great way to experiment and get into game mastering and remember just just because something's uh just just because you're scared of something doesn't mean something's scary so take a shot on yourself uh, a one shot and we'll <laughs> see you next week one yeah, shots are more scared yeah. of you than you are of them. Take one shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bye. 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 <laughs>